0: Thanks, Ben. I have in my hands three different devices, all with the same goal in mind. Can you guys predict what, what the goal is? Coffee. Where? Where do we want that coffee to be? In us. in us. All right? So these are three different vehicles, avenues, that are designed in different stages to get coffee inside of us. All right, this one here. By the way, the coffee that was brewed this morning, I brewed it. I don't drink coffee. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, I brewed it into this, and then I poured it from here into this dispenser designed to like keep it warm. And then some of you are have these little styrofoam cups, so it went from here to here to here to your stomachs. Right? The point is that. God is trying to pour the gospel into you. The point of every breath that you take, every day that you live, every piece of everything in this world is so that the gospel could be put into you. Sometimes God uses church. You come and you sing songs and somebody teaches and God puts the gospel into you that way. Sometimes, God brings really, 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 really evil authority into your life and causes really, 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 really evil hardship in your life to pour the gospel into you. Sometimes we like these nice styrofoam cups that keep our hands from being scalded and get the, the coffee into us. God doesn't always do it like that, but the point is, is he's trying to put the gospel into us all the time, over and over and over again. And this morning, we're going to see how God put the gospel into the lives of the Jews around the time of Nero, who was this wickedly evil emperor. And he was the end-all physical authority in this world over their lives. Yet God said to these people, this is good, and I want you to honor this guy. What Ben just said. So if you have your Bible, open it up to First Peter chapter two, and I'll put this coffee back over here in case somebody wants some later. As you turn to First to Peter chapter two, we're we're again we're gonna talk about authority this morning and the authority of God designed to put the gospel into our lives. And and I wanna just as strongly as I can, remind us that authority, good and bad, is God-placed, and he has a purpose and a reason to put it into our lives. So the whole of the book of First Peter is about suffering leading to greater faith, and this morning it's about authority, both good and bad, that can lead us to suffering that can lead us to better faith, to deeper faith, to to a more grace-giving faith. Um, and since we're talking about authority today, it's it's important. I mentioned it just a, a minute ago, but I want to restate what's happening in the lives of these people. Again, Nero is their emperor. Israel, the Jewish people, the people of God, are a client state of Rome. And what that means is any authority, any power, any sort of Anything that these people have to judge themselves, to govern themselves, to operate among themselves, is given to them by Rome. And if Rome decides what I gave you last week, I don't want to give you, I don't want to give you that authority anymore, they can take it like that. This is what it means to be a client state of Rome in this culture. And so Nero is their emperor. So they are required to honor Nero as their emperor, both biblically and just socially, politically, the, the world that they live in, they have to honor the emperor where trouble is going to come. So right now, when Peter writes this to these people, Nero hasn't yet gone off the deep end as far as killing Christians. But very soon, again, I've said this almost every time I've preached from 1 Peter, is that what happens is just a few years, maybe even a few months, more like 9 to 18 months after Peter writes this, Nero begins killing Christians by impaling, impaling them and throwing flammables on them and setting them on fire to light up his night garden parties. So this is the fate of people that are reading this. So as, as I'm back there singing and worshiping and, and thanking God for the message that he's placed in my heart for us this morning, I'm thinking about suffering that I've experienced, and then I'm thinking about suffering that I've seen people experience, and it's nowhere near what the people who read this were were to experience. And so I don't know where you are, what sort of suffering has happened in your life. I bet you've never seen a loved one impaled and burned alive. And I bet you've never been impaled and burned alive. And more than that, at the end of the message, we're going to talk about Christ and his suffering. I'm sure that none of us have ever seen a loved one crucified. I'm sure that none of us have ever been crucified. So as we connect with sufferings, Understand that your suffering is not so great that this does not apply to you. Understand that the authority that's so bad in your life is not so bad that this does not apply to you. This applies to us, and this is God's method, just like those three different, the coffee pot, the the, the canister, and the cup, all designed to pour the gospel into our lives, and it's vital for us to see that. So more than, more than just that, we... Again, earlier in this book, he, Peter, the very first couple of verses, he talks about we are aliens in this world. We're strangers. We were not created to live here. Because there is sin in this world, we are all messed up. And my messed upness wears off on your messed upness and makes you more messed up. And then that, all that is just a big cycle making us all messed up. And so the authority that's in this world is a part of this world and therefore it's messed up. It doesn't work right. There's a rhythm that God created us to live in that was broken by sin and now we have to operate in this world as messed up people alongside messed up people with our messed upness rubbing up against each other. So bad authority and we're all messed up. That's huge context for us as we walk through this series of verses. So let's get to it. The big banner over this is that, that Peter is is exclaiming over this week and and what I'll talk about next week is is that we are to be subject to authority. Don't make any mistakes of any kind this morning to think that for some reason you were not designed to be subject to authority. Every one of us were. And the the beautiful part is is that God designed that authority to be both bad and good not to mess with you not to hurt you not to make your life miserable or uncomfortable but to put the gospel into you and we'll see that more as we go along verse 13 be subject it means submit to authority, be subject to authority for the Lord's Sake. I want to stop just for a second, and we could. There's so many little phrases here that we could just stop and just wrestle with for a really long time. Be subject for the Lord's sake. Whenever there's bad authority in your life, and these people were currently experiencing bad authority in their lives, but to a degree that would exponentially get worse. Peter says to them, "Be subject to authority for the Lord's sake." So as we subject ourselves, as we submit to authority, both good and bad, we're doing it not for the authority's sake, but for God's sake, who we'll find out in a little bit is the ultimate authority anyway. Be subject to authority for the Lord's sake. To every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. In short, simply put, God's plan is that your being subject to good and bad authority brings honor to God. Let that sit on your brain for a second. You being subject to authority, both good and bad, brings honor to God. If you don't believe me, it's what the text is telling us. Whatever authority that we have in our lives, being subject to it brings honor to God. And he's telling them to be subject to the emperor, which is Nero, which is this grossly evil, evil man, wicked. And also be subject to governors. Now these governors here in this time were most of the time Jewish people, who were given their positions of authority by Rome, by the emperor. What they were were sellouts. Imagine this evil Nero, evil Roman Empire, who is imposing its will, making life miserable and evil. The ones that killed God, gave authority to kill God, just a few months before this. These people are selling out, the emperors, or the, the governors, are Jewish people who are given their positions of authority by Nero. So these are your brothers and sisters who've sold out to the man in order to get something. So we are to be subject to the ones who are trying to kill us and the ones who are selling out. Because it brings honor to God. Now, a few commands showing up in verses 16 through 17 to, for us to to connect with, to to allow us to move and and give us really some some very practical marching orders for this world. How do we do this? How do we be subject in an honorable way to authority? First, live as servants of God. Verse 16 tells us to, to live as servants of God. Your life is to be lived very simply. Most times in our lives, left to our own selves, with naturally, without any outside influence, who are we going to serve? Self. Without outside influence, we're going to serve ourselves. So in order for us to, to walk in this planet, we're going to need to live as servants of God. And as we submit to authority, we are serving God. Even bad authority. The second thing, honor everyone. He says that we are to honor everyone. Let's, let's read those uh, verses 16 and 17. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Live as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. What does it mean to honor everyone? This word honor is a word that just means to fix value to something. All right? To fix value to something. Like Something doesn't have value in itself, and you see that it has value, so you affix value to that thing, and so you honor it. Authority, if we are to correctly understand what authority is, it's been placed in our lives by God, we have no choice but to place value on it. And hit that, this Romans 13, 1, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Imagine, if you will, think 18 months after you read this for the first time and understanding that that God has placed people in positions of authority and there is no one on this planet that has a position of authority that God didn't give them. Now understand that, that there are people who are reading this that will very soon see their loved ones burning alive by this wicked, wicked authority. And they've got to reconcile the fact that God placed that authority. It doesn't make any sense in our finite minds. But the the thing is, is that God is using even the wicked authority of Nero to invest the gospel into our lives. It's not about your comfort. It's about the gospel being deep into your soul. Every authority placed on this planet is placed there by God. And it's not placed there by God so that you can be comfortable. It's placed there by God so that you can have the gospel put deep into your soul. That God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And God accepts you more than you could ever hope to be accepted. That's what God is trying to put into the depth of you. Honor everyone. Affix everyone value to everyone, because God affixes value to everyone, and God placed authority, every piece of authority in your life, God placed it there for a purpose to shape you. You are being shaped by Christ. Man, if we could pound that into our skulls over and over and over again, you're being shaped by Christ. Then he says, love the brotherhood. Understand that. This is something I've kind of taken to the last few times I've preached. Look around this room. Not rhetorical. Do it. Look around this room. Love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. Look at these people. These people are experiencing the same bad authorities that you're experiencing, the same suffering, the same difficulties that you're experiencing. But God has sovereignly placed us together to live life in the same place in the same time. Love the brotherhood. God doesn't just wickedly place bad authority in our lives and leave us on an island and say, good luck. Love the brotherhood. God has given you people to love and to share life with. Hold fast to it. Fear God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, but fear God. And fear, when we see this in the context of God, fear God, what he's talking about is really a state of worship, reverence, positional. I am me, able to be squashed by God anytime he so desires. Fear God, worship God, understand your place. I am below God, God is above me, fear him. That's what it means, fearing God. And then the last thing, honor God. The emperor. I think this is, this is really kind of cool because he just said, like six words ago, honor everyone. The emperor is included in everyone. But he decides to, to put at the end of this, he's giving kind of this is the way for us to honor God, to honor authority, to accept authority. The last thing he leaves us with is honor the emperor. Honor this evil emperor. And you think he's evil now? You have no idea. Honor the emperor, affix value to this wickedly evil man. You know one of the things that makes me so mad? I grew up in a church where there was like, I hate you Democrats. We love you Republicans. And when there's a Republican in office, we're like, yes, great, hallelujah, great. When there's a Democrat in office, we're picketing. We're, we're sending emails to, to our congressmen. We're saying all these things. We're, we're listening to Fox Radio and we're looking at all these... these and the Honor means to affix value to your authority that's been placed in your life. Maybe it's a parent who's out of control. Maybe it's a teacher who's out of control. Maybe it's a boss who's out of control. Honor everyone. Not just the people who are nice to you. He says honor everyone, but a few words later, honor the emperor. Honor the one who is evil. Attach value to the one who is evil. No matter what you think of any politician or any place of authority, scripture here is commanding you, commanding you to honor that authority. And the reason that he's doing it is because ultimately that brings honor to God. The second thing that being subject to authority does is that it brings endurance and character. Go to verse 18. Servants, and here he he begins to, that's the, what we've talked about so far, 13 through 17 is sort of the preamble to this understanding, this idea of submitting to authority. Now he's talking to servants. Your version might say slaves. In this culture there were slaves different from from what we think of when we think of a slave different sort of situation a whole lot better relationship between the master and the slave than than we can reflect on from the the grotesqueness that was this country in hundreds of years ago but we can draw principles from us for this when we see servants servants be subject to your masters with all respect Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. We are to subject ourselves to the good and to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. Mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if you sin and are beaten for it, you endure. But if you do good, and suffer for what you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. I want to let you in on a little literary tool that's used. When, when you see the same phrase bracketed around something, go back here to, to verse, uh, verse 18. I'm sorry, skip down to verse 19. For this is a gracious thing. That's the first bracket. And then he closes verse 20. With this is a gracious thing. When th- These are two phrases that are bracketed. This is a literary term to get the reader to pay attention to what he's saying inside of these brackets. This is a gracious thing. And and don't miss this understanding of graces. This grace word here is charis. Charis is grace. A gift that we don't get. We, we don't earn. We don't allow. We, it's not... For us we haven't we haven't done anything to get it, and again this is more of this this understanding that we are left to our natural selves we're not going to connect with this we have to have grace we have to have a gift poured into us that we don't deserve that we can't attain for ourselves um, I found out this week that um, I've had this probably since I was like 20 years old i have had this dream of a shower, Um, and I'm going to get it. My house got hit by the tornado, right? Uh, And so now I found out this week that I, Jen went to the the plumbing supply store with our contractor this week and made all the arrangements, and uh, they were going to surprise me with it, but they've decided that I like to look forward to stuff, and so I get to look forward to it, and so what happens is I get an illustration now for this message this morning. So here's what it looks like. Um, it's big, right? Of course. And there's a bench in the back of it, like this really nice bench that's, that's positioned properly so that. Here comes the cool part. So that there's this shower head that's like that big that kind of, it's an arm that will like come straight down on you when you're sitting on the bench. And it's, you know, like this hugely powerful, like water pressure. You know, it's not. Sometimes you get these big shower heads because they're big shower heads. It just kind of it's drizzle, right? But this is like, for real. Um, Mike's thinking Seinfeld episode, had a boy. Um, uh, so not not just that, but there are two different nozzles. I can I can move the water pressure. I can have it a drizzle if I want. If I just want it to kind of mellow. <laughs> or I can turn it all the way up and, like, rock it out. And then I have another knob that is, like, does the the temperature. And so it can get up really hot or it can get really cold. There's value to both. But I'm not finished yet. This is the cool part. Here comes a really cool—that was cool. You're right. wow, I want to go to his house and take a shower. You're all welcome. The other thing is there are four nozzles that are, like— directly across. Okay, so here I am sitting on the bench, and this is coming above me right here. There are four nozzles that will come and hit me like right here and right here, right? (laughs) It's ridiculous. And they have their own pressure gauges and temperature gauges. So I can like have cold and hot or cold and hot or soft and hot or hard and soft. (laughs) All these different variables. It's ridiculous, all right? Because here's one of the things that I love to do. I love to just go and sit pray in the shower, and the beautiful thing is I can go out and work hard, whatever, and get really sweaty, and I sit down, and God just always, every time I'm in the shower, when, I'm, when I've been really just sweating, gross, dirty, nasty, every time I'm in the shower, it pours over me, and I, I've just reflected upon the, the depth of my sin and my grossness and my nastiness, and now I have this beautiful gift of a shower that's going to remind me of that all the time, because it's not just one little head that's kind of dripping water out. It's water coming from everywhere. And the beautiful picture of that, I mean, it's, it's silly, right? But there is a beautiful picture that God's grace is every angle it hits us from. His hope and His peace hits us from every angle. And He showers it on us all the time. And for me, in my shower, I'm sitting And resting while grace pours over me. Man, if we could just connect with that and connect with that in the beautiful understanding that, that, that God is placing authority in our lives, both good and both bad, for the purpose of us to just sit there and let Him shower His grace on us. Man, I can't wait to take a shower in there. Oh, man. Maybe we should put, like a, Rachel, put a a new link on the website to sign up to take a shower at Rick's house. We're going to have to do that. Otherwise, there's going to be people in my house all the time. We're going to have to keep it orderly, all right? Okay, I'll stop being silly. Okay, let's understanding this idea, this concept of grace, let's go back to verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. This is a thing that God has placed upon us that we don't deserve and can't attain for ourselves, to be gracious to those who are evil. Mindful of God, One endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. It's a grace gift of God for us to be aware of the fact that God placed authority in our lives so that we might endure sorrows while we're suffering unjustly. Verse 20, for what credit is it as if when you are sinned, you are beaten for it and endure? Cooper takes punishment really well when he knows he's done something really bad. My wife posted a little thing he wrote on Facebook. He hit Mia this week, and I hadn't made him write, I, My job is to protect my sister. He, He took that punishment really well. But let him think that he's being punished unjustly, and it's on. It's screaming. It's a fit. It's kicking. It's throwing. It's because he doesn't yet know what it means to suffer unjustly in his mind. And here's the beautiful thing. So many... First of all, many times we think that authority has been bad in our lives. We're just stupid. We just don't understand. Just like Cooper thinks that when he gets punished and he thinks it's unjust, he's going to freak out. What's happening here is we're protecting him, we're guiding him, we're trying to nurture him and shape him. But he doesn't get it. So when we think authority in our lives is evil and unjust, most of the time we're just immature. You hear that? Most of the time, we're just an eight-year-old boy. For what credit is it if when you sin, you are beaten for it and you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious gift in the sight of God. God showering his grace upon you. You want to know how to get the grace of God showered upon you? Submit yourself to bad authority. The third thing, the last thing, the most beautiful thing, the best reason for us to submit to authority is because it makes you like Jesus. Verse 21. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you. Leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps Don't be confused. A lot of language in scripture is really confusing and sometimes you need somebody who studied the the original language and and all those things to illuminate it for you. But this is really simple. Christ left you an example so that you might follow his steps. Is that confusing to anybody? Do I need to spend time thinking about that? Christ left you an example of how to suffer under bad authority so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin Neither was there deceit found in his mouth. How many times have I and you sat and said, I haven't done anything wrong. Okay, keep following the steps of Jesus. Good for you. That doesn't give you, it's not letting you off the hook. No deceit was found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. And this is the whole point of the book of 1 Peter comes in this statement that he said time and time again. But, and this is Christ, us following his example when when he had to suffer, when he was reviled, when he was beaten, when he was killed. He continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. All of this when we subject ourselves to authority, both good and bad, God is teaching us to trust him. In the midst of suffering and difficulty and pain, do you believe God that he's got your best interest in mind? Do you? Cuz I most of the time I don't. And I've got to be pushed back to scripture. I've got to suffer more until I finally come to the place and I quit wrestling Okay, God. He continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. Listen, look at the, the, the brutal irony. Romans 13 1, we looked at it earlier, every institution of authority that's placed on this planet was placed there by God. Right? Jesus is God. Right? Those people that were killing him were placed there by himself. Because he had trusted God the Father. And the end result was he was exalted above every name and now sits at the right hand of the Father. Hebrews tells us that Christ endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Endured the brutal irony, the brutality of bad authority placed in his life because he trusted God and he knew at the end of it was perfect, beautiful, abiding, communing relationship with God. Do you want that or do you want to see like some crybaby like Cooper, kicking and whining and screaming in his room. Separated from the one you were designed to be in relationship with. Verse 24, he bore, he himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds, you have been healed. As you suffer, I pray that these words would pour over you like sitting in that beautiful shower. He himself bore our—these words just graciously pour over you, wiping off every bit of selfish, self-centered sin. He bore our sins on his body, on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds— We have been healed. Christ suffered to show an example for us of how to suffer under bad authority. Promise you, bad authority, if it hasn't come, it's coming. And God is trying to plant his gospel deep into your heart and deep into your soul. Relax and let it happen. Rest and be showered by grace. Love the brotherhood. Honor everyone. Enjoy, experience grace. Grace. Let's pray and sing beautiful songs to our Father. God, we thank you for your gospel. God, and I pray for this body of believers, this place, this expression of your church called North Church. God, we we ask of you to place the gospel deep into our souls because, because it is of such great value, such greater value than any suffering we could ever have to endure God, any bad authority we could ever have to endure, God by any means necessary place the gospel deep into our hearts and deep into our lives because we want to know you we want to know you we want to experience the power of your salvation, we want to know and experience the, your sufferings we want to share in them at the end Of it is beautiful, perfect joy, abiding, deep, contented, exuberant relationship with you. God, allow us to rest in your grace. God, shower your grace over us. Wash away our self-centeredness. Wash away our pain. Allow us to follow you. And your son is our perfect example. God, give us endurance. Give us character. Shape us to be like your son. It's in Christ's perfect name.